Praise the Lord, church, and welcome to our Thursday night, Throwback Thursday. This is what we're calling Thursday night in our E-Word and Worship right here at the East Wind Pentecostal Campus in Palm Bay, Florida. And tonight we present to you a message that Bishop Myers preached around six years ago about fighting the good fight of faith in the midst of the battle. And I know you're going to be blessed by Bishop Myers' ministry. And I want you just to gather your family around and let's get ready to have church tonight right in our homes on this Thursday night. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, we're so thankful for your spirit, thankful for your word, thankful for the blood of Jesus that's applied to our hearts and our homes, thankful for your protection during this crisis. We ask you now, Lord, as we open up our hearts and minds to your word, let that word go forth and fall on good ground and let it just marinate in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now may God bless you as you receive this word from Bishop Myers tonight. What I have taken here as my text here tonight is the kind of battle that we are fighting. We are fighting a war. We are. We Christians. And I'm going to read this scripture that's found here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. And it reads as this. It says, we struggle not against flesh and blood. Now, this is Paul writing, talking about what we are fighting. We Christians. This is our battle and this is our war. And as long as you walk with God, you are fighting a battle and you're fighting a war. And you'll always win if you always stay with the Lord and stay uh, and do it his way. It'll always come out right. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And that's been going on now for 2,000 years and the church is still standing. Nations have, riot, have risen and fallen. Countries have come and gone. Uh, dictators have come and gone. World leaders have come and gone, but the church still stands. Praise the Lord. And so the scripture here in this verse of 6, chapter, in verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, uh, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In other words, he's saying that our warfare is not the kind that is you see with your eyes where people are fighting and they're you know whatever it is olden days it was swords modern days it's guns <clears throat> but this is not the kind of battle we're fighting but we fight against principalities against powers the uh the powers of darkness and uh and rulers in darkness and high places and so forth it goes on to say here in the 13th verse whereby take unto you the whole armor of god that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So he's saying, and then he goes on to talk about the different armors and he talks about the shield and talks about the helmet of salvation and the, and the, uh, and the, and the shield of faith and, and the breastplate of righteousness and all these things, the shoes that a soldier would wear in that time and age if he were to go into battle and that we put on those things spiritually. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to also read a verse of scripture that Paul wrote, first to Timothy. And here's what he says in Timothy here. First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 6, 4 rather, 4, 6 of Timothy. First Timothy, he says, for I am now ready. I'm sorry, I got the, uh, I got the wrong one. I'm going to back that up. He writes to Timothy in first Timothy. And uh, this is found in 6 of 12. He says, fight the good fight of faith. In other words, he's saying that fighting the fight of faith is our battle. 
that is to keep the faith. We fight the fight of keeping the faith. Praise the Lord. Now, he says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life, whereby thou art also called and hast profound good profession of many witnesses. So the fighting of the fighting, the fight that we have is the fighting of keeping the faith. He says, fight the fight of faith. Let me just say this to you today, folks, that there's a lot of things the devil will not bother you with. But he will always attack individuals in the, in the kingdom of God to distrust or not believe the word of God. That's what he attacks. He attacks the word. And if somehow he can cause you and me not to believe the word of God, you know, not to believe that word, just don't believe it. This is what the devil will do to try to attack us. You know, I mean, the devil can come around all he wants to and attack me with liquor. I won't ever drink liquor. I, I, you know, I never have drank liquor. I don't have no desire to. It's just, it's gone. I'll never smoke a cigarette. I don't, I mean, that's no temptation. There never will be a temptation. The devil knows that. He's not going to waste his time trying to get me to smoke a cigarette. But if he can cause me or try to get me to doubt the word of God, you know, doubt what I read in the book, or to somehow or another believe that God will not come through like he has promised that he would do. The Lord said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Never leave you nor forsake you. That's strong words. He said another place, lo, I'm with you always, always, even unto the end of the world. But we get to the end of the world, so to speak. We get to a spot like that and we'll almost feel like God has forsaken us. And that's when the devil jumps on your shoulder and says, God's forgotten all about you. He doesn't know anything about you. He doesn't know where you are. He doesn't care about you. So our battle is keeping the faith, saying, Jesus, you said it, we believe it. And holding fast to it, praise the Lord, and not wavering one way or the other, but just saying, Lord, I take your word, I hold fast to it, I believe it with all of my heart, and I'll never depart from it. Now, this is what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy. Later on, he wrote another book to Timothy, and it was the last one, and it was the last book that Paul ever wrote, the last letter. And he wrote it to Timothy, and here's what he says here in 2 Timothy, and this is chapter 4. <clears throat> the one that I was going to read a while ago. And this is in chapter 4 and verse, uh, get to it here, and verse 6. And he says these words, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. He knew it was time for him to go. They were going to execute him. He was in jail. He was in prison. And uh, his time for execution was coming up. And he says, I know it's time for me to go. He wasn't sad about it. He was writing. Now, here's what he says in verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Praise the Lord. In other words, I never doubted. I held on to what the truth was. I had it in my heart, and I believed God with all that is in me. And I want you to know here today as a people... You and I, praise the Lord, must always hold to the word of God. It'll always be tested. It'll be, it'll, you'll be tested individually. You'll be tested from time to time. We'll be tested. Do we really believe the word of God? Did, is the word of God really real? Is it really solid? Praise God. And if we can say, Lord, I believe your word. You said it. I believe it. I'm going to hold fast to it. 
And that is our faith. Now, let me just add one more thing here before I get into some illustrations I want to give you here tonight. That is this. The way faith comes is by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't let anything keep you out of church. I'm serious. Don't let anything keep you out of church. You make up your mind, I'm going to the house of God. Praise the Lord. You don't know, maybe. It doesn't matter who's preaching. It doesn't matter who's teaching, who's talking. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's how our faith is built up. Listen, I have gone to the house of God whenever, I mean, whenever I felt so low, they say lower than a gnat's heel, you know, so, so low you had to reach up to touch bottom. Any of you ever heard those things? You know, I've gone to the house of God so low and just say, well, you know what, if I could just get there, walk through the doors, come in the back, sit down in the very first spot right there, just flop down and say, oh God, I've just barely made it. I'm just barely here. I don't know if anybody else has ever had that kind of an experience, but just feel like you're just there. But something in that service happened. Something in that service began to happen. It was it, it might have been the Spirit of God. Then that preacher gets up in the pulpit and he starts preaching. And he starts preaching and I'm hearing exactly what I need to hear. I'm telling you, I mean, he, he just tells me everything. I went to a camp meeting one time years ago. I was so discouraged. I was about ready to quit the ministry, about, quit, about ready to give up the church. I was so down. And I went there and Brother Tom Fred Tenney was our camp evangelist. He's a good friend of mine. We went to school together. He was our class president in Bible school. And uh, Brother Tenney was our camp evangelist that year. And I went to camp and I was so discouraged and everything. And boy, one night, I guess it was the first night that I was there, if he didn't get up and preach to me, to me, he, the whole place was full of people, but he preached to me. Man, he preached and he preached and he wouldn't let up. I mean, he poured it on. He laid out the word and he preached and he preached, praise the Lord. And I just, boy, it was going home big time. And I said, God, you're talking to me. I know what you're doing. This is all for this old fellow right here, praise the Lord. But faith comes by hearing. I had to hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Praise the Lord. That's why we need to read our Bible. Let me give you an example here of exuberant faith. I like exuberant faith. I'm going to talk about David for a moment. I want you to go with me to 1 Samuel. If you look over in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 17 with me. And uh, the 17th chapter of Daniel, of 1 first, of, of first Samuel, I mean the, the, uh, the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel is the, the chapter where he kills Goliath. I'll just give you a, a preview here of what's going to happen. And he goes down to this big army and he's a young fellow right out of the shepherd field. His dad calls him and said, go down and see how the war is going on. Your brothers are in the war and they must be having a big time down there fighting the Philistines. And uh, why don't you take them some food and some cheese and some whatever they did, figs and so forth, you know. Take them down there, take the king some stuff to Saul and everything. So he goes down there <laughs> and when David arrives, this is, I mean, he was just so lighthearted. He was so happy, happy to see everybody. And this is what the scripture says here in the 22nd verse. And David left the carriage in the hands of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. Yay, guys, how are you doing? I mean, he's just excited to be there, you know. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, 
Goliath by name out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words and David heard it. Uh-oh, there's a problem here now. That big guy could cut out, come out and challenge, but whenever David heard it, something stirred inside of him. You know, something sometimes stirs inside of us. Praise the Lord. He's only a young lad. He's only about 17 years old himself. And he goes there and he's just there to take cheese and see how his brother's doing. Go back and tell his dad, everything's fine. They're winning the battle. The brothers are all okay. But it's, that's not the way it happens. When he gets there, all of a sudden there's a big uh, 10 foot giant and he's just short of 10 feet, a few inches, big 10 foot giant, six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot. He comes out and his spear is the size of a beaver's, uh, a weaver's beam, about like this, big around. An old guy walks out there and he says, send me a man, I'll fight him. If I kill him, then we win. If he kills me, then ha ha, then, then you win, you know. And everything, and everybody's scared of him. Everybody falls back. And David all of a sudden says, I'll fight that guy. He has no business. And when he went to Saul and started talking to Saul about it, and his other brother said, Why don't you keep quiet? Get, you know, shut your mouth, get on back, take care of your sheep. You're making a fool out of not only yourself, but out of all of us, your brothers, and everything. No, no, he said, This guy has no business challenging the armies of the Lord. Now, let me just say something to you here today, folks. Fight for the things that you know that are yours. I don't mean material things. I'm talking about the things that God has given you. Praise the Lord. The things that God has given us. He's given us, he's, every man that's married, he's given you a wife. Every woman, he's given you a husband that's, that's married. Praise the Lord. You've given you us children. We fight for those things. Praise the Lord. We, we try to help of that one we try to help them we we fight the enemy you go to war in prayer praise the lord you say no uh, you i'm not going to let you do that your children they get to a certain place and they start doing this and they start doing that no 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 we're going to stay praise the lord and we're going to do it right hallelujah i'm not going to church anymore oh yes you are oh yes you are i raised a couple of kids i know you know, I, I, I don't want to go to church no more. Yes, you are. As long as you put your feet under my table, you're going to the house of God. You're going to be there. Praise the Lord. And you fight, praise the Lord, for those things that are dear to us. And with David, the armies here that his brothers were in was the armies of God. And that guy was defying the army of God. It wasn't just an army. It was the army of God. And he started talking and they said, oh, you need to go back. He said, is there not a cause? Isn't there a reason that we should be able to fight? Praise the Lord. And so he just said, I'm going to do it. David had an exuberant faith. He believed in doing everything with all of his heart. And so, as you know, the story went out against Goliath, took that stone, whirled it around and everything. And you know what, folks? He didn't know. He didn't know it'd take one stone to do the job. He didn't know that. He picked up five stones. He was committed to that battle. You don't always know how it's going to be and how it's going to go. But if you say, God, I'm going to go into it with all of my heart. I'm going to fight, praise the Lord, for the name of Jesus and for the God and for truth and for holiness and for righteousness. We're living in a day and time today. We have to fight for righteousness and holiness. you got to stand for it. 
Praise the Lord. There's some things you just don't let come into your home. And I tell you what, there's something here about David. This young man, praise the Lord, here he was as a 17. I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. Our young people have got something in their hearts. You never know what God is doing, how he's working. I came in this thing when I was 16 years old. I know. I was a young person. And I'm telling you what, God put something in the hearts of our young people. Praise the Lord. Here's David, a young man. Some of these guys were 25, some of them were 30, some were 35 years old. They were great warriors, but they were scared to go out and fight Goliath. But here's a young lad like this that comes along, then he's got that faith. You know what? God is for us. Didn't God promise the land to us? Didn't he say to, didn't he say to, to, the, to, to the people of Israel, when you go into the land of milk and honey, take the land, possess it, I've given it to you, it's yours to take. Praise the Lord. Did he say that? And yet we're all afraid. We're all afraid and we're afraid because we're afraid we can't win the battle. And David was saying, God made some promises and I believe them. Hallelujah. And I'm going to hold fast to it. And if God made those promises and we are the people of God and this is the army of God, then I'll go out and fight that giant. Amen. And he did. And he didn't know how many stones it would take. But that one stone, he took it and threw it and, uh, you know, without sling. And they found this mark. I believe God just directed it right to the right place. Hit that old giant. And the Bible says it sunk into his head. It sunk in. Had brain damage. Had brain damage all of a sudden. His eyes rolled back in his head. And he went, he was just went flat back. Bang. Well, he may come to it a little bit. David, you got to fight him. No, no. David went over and took his sword and whacked his head off where he wouldn't come to. Then he held his head up and said, Philistines, look at it. All, your, all of the other Israeli army look at it. Praise the Lord, God's given the victory. Now, I'm telling you that because this man had a faith in God. And I think that you and I have to understand that God wants us to have this exuberant faith. Let me show you what David had. If you've got your Bibles, go to Psalms 119. This is the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalms 119. Let me show you something here. And uh, this sort of gives us a little bit of a picture of how David thought he wrote this psalm, and this psalm is broken up into eight, uh, eight, uh, eight scriptures. Each section is broken up into twenty-two sections. Each section uh, is named for a, a, a Hebrew alphabet, starting in the first alphabet, going right on through. And each one of them has eight has eight verses to it. Now, the first one here I'm going to point out to you is nineteen two. Look at this one very closely here. This is Psalms 119, verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his, his uh, testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Do you notice that phrase? Now with David, it wasn't like halfway. It wasn't like piecemeal. It was like with all of my heart. Whatever I do, I'm going to do it with all of my heart. And when he went down and that was a, a battle to fight, he fought him with all of his heart. If you read the life of David, that was the way he did everything, all of his heart. But he kept his heart right. Praise the Lord. And he served God with all of his heart. And later, after he had passed on and the other kings came and went, uh, the Lord would say, he followed me like David who followed me with all of his heart. Or he would say that he never followed me like David who followed me with all of his heart. Those, that kind of expression. Look down here. In this, we're still here in Psalms 119. Look in the 10th uh, verse. 
It says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Notice the whole heart, he says. I'm moving over here to verse 34. Give me understanding and I will keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. He says it over here in verse 58. He said, this is the same chapter now we're in. Psalms 119. He says, I, uh, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Everything with David was with all of my heart. Praise the Lord. Folks, I'm telling you, there is, there is something about that kind of a spirit. I'm going to live for God with all of my heart. I'm not going to live with one foot in the church, one foot in the world. I'm not going to live for God piecemeal. I'm going to serve God with all of my heart. And when I go to church, I'm not going to sit down and say, praise the Lord. You know, hallelujah. You know, so, and then, oh, hallelujah. I'm going to go there, praise the Lord, sit down and say, Jesus, I love you. And I praise you. And I worship you. And I'm going to sing hallelujah and lift my voice. These, this choir, man, look at that music. Hallelujah. You know, and, and, and it makes you want to get up out of your seat. Go ahead, stand up. The guy behind you, he'll have to move around or, or stand up too or whatever it is. But the thing about it is let's worship God and believe in him with all of our heart. Hallelujah. <clears throat> he goes on to say down in verse 69, and he says this, the proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with all of my heart. I don't care what the enemy does. I don't care what the enemy sends my way. I don't care how the enemy may try to attack me this way. I'm going to serve God with all of my heart. And folks, I'm telling you here today, praise the Lord. If every one of us will purpose to have faith like David, David's faith. Lord, I believe your word. Praise the Lord with all of my heart. You see, we're living in a time and age in which people try to do things sophisticatedly. Is that a word, sophisticatedly? They try to do it with sophistication. They try to do it, you know, with properness. They try to be at style. You know, sometimes throw all that out the window and say, God, I'm just going to live for you. I'm going to serve you. Praise the Lord. David said, I'm going to bring the ark into Jerusalem. Okay, fine. You're a king. You can have it done. They ordered it. Okay. And this time, everything went good. They brought it right on into the Jerusalem. He got so excited about the ark of God being brought in because the rest, of the, ta- the rest of the tabernacle had already been brought and now the ark was coming in. And that was the most delicate part of it all. He got so excited. He was a king. He was a king. And he got so excited. He didn't care. He got so excited. Praise the Lord. He took his fancy purple robe off and laid it aside. And he got out there, praise the Lord, and just started dancing and dancing before the Lord. Hallelujah. Just dancing around. Praise the Lord. And he had a wife that looked out a window and saw him. She said, oh, my God. You know, what's he doing? He is embarrassing me. You know, I mean, she, was, she had been Saul's daughter. And so she, she had been a king's daughter already. He's, in, he's humiliating me and himself and his whole family and blah, 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 and everything. And David just got out there and danced before the Lord. You know why he danced before God? Because God was what it was all about, not him. He was a king because God had made him a king. You're a child of God because God has made us a child of God. You have joy in your heart because God put that joy there. 
You have victory because God has put it there. You didn't do it. You didn't accomplish all those things. We don't do it to better ourselves. But God is the one that does it. That's why we owe him praise. That's why we should worship him when we come to the house of God. We have nothing to be smug about. If a king like that would just dance before the Lord, who are we to feel like that we've got to be so proud and arrogant and high-minded and stuffy? Amen. We ought to say, God, hallelujah, you you deserve all of my praise and all of my worship and all of my thanksgiving. If you praised him all day long, if you thanked him all day long, you could not thank him and praise him enough for what he is worthy for, for just what he's done for you and for me. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. God is great and greater to be praised. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Let me talk to you about another faith. This is the one that uh, I call bulldog faith. And uh, I find it in the book of Daniel. And over here, Daniel chapter 1. I'm going to move over there very quickly here. Daniel in chapter chapter 1, he... uh, Daniel has a, uh, an experience in which they want to take him and his three companions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Again, these guys are only, they're only about 17 years old. That's what I say about our young people. God bless our young people. Young folks, I admire you. Always have faith in encouraging God. God will never fail you. I promise you he won't. God ever fails you, praise the Lord. We'll build a monument to you and put up, this is the only man God ever failed. You know, he won't fail you. Praise the Lord. Just be faithful to the Lord. And so here was Daniel. Now he's been taken captive and way over to another. Everybody else has hung their harps on willows. They're sad. They're discouraged. And Daniel, guy comes to him, says, now you guys, you're going to have to eat from the king's table. And so you're going to have to eat what the king eats. And the king eats food that you Jews don't eat. And you, so you're going to have to sort of go along with it and everything. And Daniel says, no, I'm not going to defile myself by eating the king's food. The king? The king of Babylon? This cocker in the world? You're not going to eat his food? I mean, it was almost like in your face. He said, no, because it's against the, our laws for us to eat those kind of foods. And, you know, I, we don't eat possum, you know. We don't eat, <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't eat catfish, you know. I mean, you're going, whatever, whatever. <clears throat> I won't get into that. <clears throat> you can eat anything today. You can eat anything today because it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Paul told us to do that because we're into the New Testament now and it's been fulfilled. <clears throat> but back then, they, Daniel said no. And they said, well, you will be healthy because you'll just have to eat vegetables. And, and he said, no, feed us vegetables. They call it pulse in the Bible, but it's called it's vegetables, what it was feed us vegetables, and he says, and then after so long, see if we're not as healthy as anybody else. And whenever they went before the king, and they did that, this is what Daniel said about it. He said, Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, not with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the the prince, uh, the eunuch, that he might not defile himself. And so then the the other three did the same thing. There was four of these young men all together. And it goes on to say, and the king commanded with uh, communed with them after this was all over with, uh, and, and found that looked at him and said, Daniel and these other three young men, 
that stood before the king. And verse 20 says, in all the matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the astrologers that were in all his kingdom. Now, let me say this, folks. You follow the word of God. You follow the way of the Lord. You do it God's way. And I promise you that God will take care of the details. God will help you. He'll help you on your job. He'll help you young folks in your schools. He'll help you to do it. But as long as we do it right, praise the Lord. Don't, don't be a snitch. Don't be a crook. Don't be a, a schemer. Don't be a, a, don't be a, a fluff off, they call it, lazy. Uh, you know, work, be a good worker. Be a good employee, praise the Lord. Work, work for your company that you work for, your boss, so forth. But I'm just saying here that whatever you do, praise the Lord, just do it with all of your heart and do it, praise the Lord, with integrity and God will always be with you and he'll keep his hand on you. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. He won't ever, he won't ever leave you nor forsake you, praise the Lord. And so Daniel found that out and he found out that the king said, wow, you guys, man, well, I'm going to let you always eat the foods you won't eat. It won't matter to me because you're worthwhile. God has, he didn't know where it came from, but God had given them wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And when the king wanted some answer, he'd say, bring those guys in here. I want to see what they got to say. And when they would say, well, we think, king, you should do it this way, this way, that way. He'd say, that makes more sense to me than what they're saying over here. And so God give, gave them that favor. Do you understand what I'm saying? And God will do it because they took a stand. They had a bulldog, a tenacity type faith. We believe God and we're going to stand strong on it. And nothing is going to move us or shake us from it. Amen. Later on, there was a time when they want to take those three young men and throw them in the fiery furnace because they didn't bow down to a golden image. 90 feet tall. And it was, I think, about nine feet wide. Big old golden statue. And when the trumpets all sounded, they were all to bow down and worship that thing. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, 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 we're not going to do that because we're not supposed to worship anything but God and him alone. They said, okay, you're crossed up with the king, you're crossed up. How many times we hear that? Oh, you're crossed up, it, it won't go well with you. You do it God's way, folks, it'll always be right. Follow the word of God, praise the Lord. God bless our ladies, I, res I respect you. I respect you because of you, you live, you live godly. You know, you don't wear a bunch of that old makeup stuff and you don't wear a bunch of that old jewelry hanging all over you. You just walk with God. You look, you're, you look holy. You look clean. Praise the Lord. Don't you think that God's not going to honor that in your life? He will. He will. He will. Praise the Lord. So here are these men. God bless them. Uh, they said, look, uh, you know, and this is the words that they said. They said, you know what? Uh, our God is able to deliver us. Here's, here's the words that they use. They said, God is able to, to deliver us. Whether he will or he won't, we don't know. Able to. But whether he will or he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to this golden statue. We've already made up our mind. And everything. And whenever they finally threw him into the fiery furnace, the king went ahead and had him thrown in. When he had him thrown in the fiery furnace, <clears throat> nothing touched them. Their clothes didn't even have the smell of smoke in it when they came out of it. They didn't burn in the fire. Their clothes didn't burn in the fire. Nothing burned on them burning the fire. God spared them, and God was in the fire with them. The Bible says there's a son of man that's in the fire with them. 
and the, the king, when he brought them out, he knew that God was with these fellows. I'm telling you, God will be with us and we'll exercise faith. I'm going to talk about one more here. I'm going to close off here. And this is what I call here consistent faith. Consistent faith. I've talked to you about exuberant faith, and then I've talked to you about bulldog faith, that tenacity faith. And then now I'm going to talk to you about consistent faith. This has to do with Noah, and I'm going to read a scripture to you, and I'm going to make this very brief because I'm going to let you go here in a few minutes. And this is what it says here in the scriptures here in uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 11 and verse 2. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, being warned of God of things not seen. You see, the Bible warns us of things not seen yet. Praise the Lord. And we have a hope in things we have not seen. Can I prove there's going to be a rapture? Only by the word of God. But the word of God says it, so I believe that. That's what I hold to. Is there going to be a judgment on the world? There sure is, because the word of God says that. Praise the Lord. Can you prove that, Brother Myers? I can't prove that. The Bible says when you see all these signs, then know that it's near, you know, and everything. I can see those signs, but I can't, I don't know, because... This is what we have faith in, what we do not see. And so it says here, Noah, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir uh, of the righteousness which is by faith. So I'm just telling you all these things so that you understand here, this man, Noah here, just think about it. He had just an enduring, consistent faith. 120 years he built that ark. You know, he lived to be 950, so, so that wasn't, that wasn't, he was 600 years old when this all started. So that wasn't too long of a time for him. But for 120 years, Noah worked and built that ark. Out in the desert, dry land, up on a hill, a mountain, fixing, you know, big, long ship. 600, 700 feet long, big as one of these big cruise ships. There he was building this big ship out. And everybody said, what are you doing, Noah? I'm building a boat. Why? Because God's going to send a flood. Flood? What flood? You know, where, where's the flood? You, you understand what I'm saying? Jesus is coming back one day. Oh, he is. Where is he? Where? where? When? You know? I'm just saying. But the book says, and he says that I will. If I go away, I shall come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, you shall be also. I go to prepare a place, praise the Lord, in my father's house for many mansions. Were not so I would not I would have told you. Go to prepare a place for you that where you am there, there you may be also with me. Praise the Lord. All these scriptures, you know, and then the scriptures where Paul quotes how it will be, how how it will actually happen. You know, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. It's all in the word of God. Praise the Lord. And I'm just telling you here today, we believe that. That's our faith. And the enemy can never just take away some of that faith we got, folks. If you lay out a church, that faith begins to wane. If you don't read your Bible, faith wanes. If you get wrapped up in the world, that faith can wane. Next thing you know, the devil's on your shoulder saying, did God say, you know, is God going to do this? Same thing he said to Eve in the garden, you know, you know, will, you know, in the day, will you surely die? You know, will that really happen? You know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and the devil will try to tempt you. But you have to say, I believe the word of God with all of my heart. And hallelujah. And you walk with God and you believe the word of the Lord. And folks, I'm telling you, God will be on your side and he'll keep his hand on us. 
And Noah just kept on putting nails. I guess he put wooden pegs. I don't know what he used. But he kept on putting nails into that ark. He kept on, finally got it all built. Everybody came around, looked at it. Finally, he put the pitch on inside and out. The pitch. You know, that's the stuff that keeps the water out. Puts that pitch on. Got it all built, then put pitch. That's tar. Put that on the inside and out. And I just say here to you, you and to all of us, the blood of Jesus Christ covers us. Praise the Lord. Let the blood of Jesus Christ cover your life and for your Praise the Lord. Jesus, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood of Calvary. Praise the Lord. Have it applied to your life. Praise the Lord. If you haven't been baptized, get baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the application of the blood. The Bible says that, that's told Paul, Paul, rise and be baptized, washing away your sins. It's not the water that does it. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that does it. That's why in Revelation chapter 1, it says that our sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so the blood of Jesus Christ washes us. It covers us. All of those things of the past, all of those sins, they're all washed away. They're gone because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The pitch is applied. Amen. Let the waters come. Hallelujah. The Lord's going to take care of us. Praise the Lord, folks. If you're under the blood, the blood's been applied to your life. Been baptized in Jesus' name, and you're filled with the Holy Ghost and full and running over with God's Spirit. And you're living the life and walking with the Lord, and you love your brothers and sisters, and always love your brothers and sisters, sisters because they're the best people in the world. And love love everybody else that you can. <laughs> you know, sometimes some people are hard to get along with. Praise the Lord, but every time, everybody you can, try to love them. Follow peace with all men as much as life within you, the Bible says. But I'm just telling you here tonight, God is so good to us. He's so good to his people. And our faith is said, Lord, if you said it in your word, I believe it with all of my heart. And then one day, the waters came. The floods came. And that old boat began to come up off. And one of these days, the trumpet will sound. Amen. And we'll hear the voice. The Lord will say, come up higher. Hallelujah. And you'll, so you can say, well, the preacher was right. And those that are, don't go, that don't go, they can say, well, the preacher was right. <laughs> Not the preacher, it's the book. It's the book. Hallelujah. He's just repeating the book. The book is right, folks. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Let's everybody stand together. You're such a good audience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad that God has allowed us to know him. And the older I get, folks, the more I appreciate Jesus' love. He is so good to, to his people. He is so good to all of us. I know that sounds so simplistic, but I want you to know the older I get, the more I just say, Jesus, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being so kind to me. Thank you for saving my family, my home, my, my mother and father, my brother and sister, my, my children. My my grandchildren, now I'm going to be a great-grandpa. You know, you know just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God is just so very good to his people? Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's sing a chorus, and I'd like you to just come down and stand here around the altar a little bit. And let's just take about just a few little time, and let's just worship God. And let's say, Jesus, I'm on your side. You can't get rid of me. I'm here for good. I'm, I'm, I'm here to stay. Amen. I'm not turning back now. I'm not turning back now. I'm not turning back now. Oh, I'm not turning back now. I'm going away from you. 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 I'm going away from you.
Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030.